Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk, a new series of candid conversations covering the issues facing freelance professionals today. I'm Tom Rizzo, your host, managing director and founder of Plectrum Advisors, an investment advisory firm based in Los Angeles. On each episode of Let's Talk, I'll be speaking with some of the most plugged in experts to help you and me make sense of today's changing environment and to help you be smarter about how to approach work and life. So let's get started. Today's guest on Let's Talk is David Zussman. He's one of the founding members of the board of trustees of WAM, which stands for We Are All Music, a philanthropic organization focused on helping those in need in the music community. David has a very interesting story. He grew up as a musician and after college pursued a career in finance. David started a very successful private equity and venture firm over 20 years ago, and he now spends his time both as a composer and with the We Are All Music Foundation, working to give back to the music community. I really enjoyed my conversation with David, and I know you'll find his latest philanthropic venture to be worthy of your attention. Welcome, and thanks for joining us on a new episode of Let's Talk. Uh, I'm really excited about our guest today. His name is David Zussman. I'll tell you a little bit about him as we go here. But, you know, usually we're talking on this uh, podcast about how you can do things to maximize the growth of your money or the uh, ways that you can shelter your money from uh, taxes in a legal way or uh, ways that you can properly take the proper amount of risk and that sort of thing. And today we're actually going to be talking about a, a different aspect of money and that's philanthropy. And this is the first time we've talked about this. So we're going to talk to uh, uh, David today. He actually has a foundation that is, uh, has as his mission to help others, especially those that are uh, in the music industry and the entertainment industry. And they'll tell you a little bit about more about that. But he's got a, a very interesting background. Uh, David uh, is a, uh, both a musician and a professional investor, a very successful professional investor. He had uh, started a private equity and venture firm uh, a while ago, 20 years ago, had some great success with that. And he's got some really great things to say about um, how he has structured his uh, philanthropy foundation, and uh, we're interested in, or I'm very interested in hearing how he's um, figured out how to structure this thing so that it can help the maximum number of people. So uh, I'll let David talk a little bit more about uh, uh, all of that. So uh, without further ado, David, welcome, and thanks for being a guest on Let's Talk today. We appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, th thank you so much, Tom, for inviting me. Uh, I think what you're doing in your business for uh, music community is fantastic. I think, uh, you. you know, oftentimes we've talked about this. Musicians are so busy with moving from one project to the next that, you know, they forget that uh, they do have th their money. They have to manage. They have to grow it. They have to plan for the future. Um, tax, other things that you, we've talked about, and philanthropy obviously is an important question that, that comes up. 
um, especially in the world in the music industry where people are thinking about how do I you know, give back to others and um, you know, they witness the power of music every day, especially with the pandemic that's now happening around us um, and everything else. So thanks again for, for having me. Yes, my um, pleasure. Can, can, you, can you talk a little bit about, um, uh, tell me a, a little bit about the organization and then more importantly, how you came to uh, um, found this and uh, wh what its origins are? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting because my background, as, as we've talked about, I started playing piano when I was five, six, and uh, saxophone when I was eight, and songwriting when I was 10 and 11, and um, always was surrounded by music growing up and, and, you know, played in bands and, you know, but what I ended up after the University of Virginia, uh, moving into uh, the business world where over the last 20, you know, three years have um, invested successfully, uh, built businesses, but also maintained uh, the music uh, influence and the things that I was doing as a songwriter and a composer and a producer. Um, I'm here coming from you from, from my, my studio uh, in Montclair, New Jersey. Uh, but, you know, after building a successful, you know, business life, I had for many years when I lived in New York City, uh, been involved in a group uh, foundation called the Robin Hood Foundation. And this was founded by uh, Paul Tudor Jones, who was also a University of Virginia graduate. And uh, I, I saw what they were doing and the success that their organization had. And, you know, they focus particularly on the poverty and issues surrounding poverty. Um, but uh, what made them really successful was how they evaluated where they gave their money and the accountability that they brought to donors. And they're focused on metrics of success and evaluating the charitable giving much like you would evaluate an investment or evaluate uh, a business and taking that approach, which I think is really important. I think we'll probably end up talking more and more about that topic uh, on, on your, this show today. But I, when I, you know, now I have kids of my own and I looked uh, at my life a couple of years ago and a, a number of us in the Montclair area were talking about how do we give back? Uh, how do we um, take a portion of our, our money and, and donate it wisely? Uh, and the people in this network were in the music world, but they were also in the marketing and entrepreneurial world, um, in the finance world. Uh, and we all had the same approach, that we wanted to take a, a very um, methodical, uh, accountable approach to giving our money and where we could see the best impact, where we saw really a true change in people's lives and an impact. So we founded about 18 months ago now, uh, the We Are All Music Foundation, uh, you know, which people can find at weareallmusic.org. And uh, we have become the central voice for music nonprofits throughout the country, uh, where our mission is to give to the best in class and support them uh, with financially, but also with development of co-initiatives, shining a spotlight on what they do and their, their data uh, that shows definitive 
change in people's lives and the benefit on society and to really build a foundation where uh, we can do great things for people ultimately. Um, and yeah, we can spend some time talking about that uh, and understand you know, how, that, how we take that investment approach to allocating money and uh, if that's where you wanna go too. Yeah, I think so. You know, I absolutely want to cover that. Let's talk um, a little bit before we do about um, how do you uh, vet who it is that you're giving money to? I, I would imagine as your foundation is getting to be better known that you have uh, many requests, uh, you have many people that are in need. And tell me a little bit about how you go about determining um, uh, who it is that you would give the money to, and, and what some of those what some of those metrics are? Yeah, that is is critical. Uh, great question. We, we 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 really think about a couple of key factors, right? Um, when we set out to do this, we figured in our first year we would have eighty, a hundred charitable organizations um, reaching out to us, applying. Um, and just so you know, there's about 400 charitable organizations in the country, probably in total of about $200 million, maybe a little bit more in, um, in revenues that they, they use to create change and to do the, the type of social things that we're doing. Um, and in our first year, we had 287 of them apply. Wow. Which... Wow is astounding. Yeah. And we heard feedback, testimonials. We've had the CEOs and founders of the top five, 10, 20 organizations. We've had artists uh, like uh, Johnny Resnick of the Google Dolls, DMC from Run DMC. We've had producers uh, from Tom Lord Algae to, to many others. Um, look at what we're doing and say, wow, that's interesting. Th this universe really needed a central voice. Hmm. So what do we look for? We look for leadership, number one. You, you have to have a, a, a well-seasoned team with a track record and experience at the helm, uh, making sure things are done in a very organized process methodical way. Uh, otherwise, you know, the wheels come off the cart. So the evaluation of leadership, the same way you would evaluate a CEO or a leadership team at any business or any stock you might want to put your money into is absolutely critical. Everything starts there. The second thing is really the uh, effectiveness of the programs and whether people have the data and the science uh, to back up that effectiveness. A, a lot of times the music industry gets accused of, and people will say, oh, well, you know, music, that's a nice to have, but that's not a need to have, right? And what the data and the science shows when you really look at, um, the effectiveness of many of these programs uh, is that it's an absolute need to have. And it's an underappreciated 
uh, means uh, in these social causes. Okay, so what do I mean by social causes? I mean, we're not here to hand money out to musicians or to concert halls and opera halls. There's a lot of people already doing that in their local communities. We are here to support social causes in healthcare, health and wellness, uh, education, and in underserved communities, right? Mm -hmm. Where really music is the agent of change uh, to affect and benefit people's lives in those social causes, right? This is a social charity, social foundation. And what we find is that these organizations, the best in class organizations, have really measured the impact and can provide real tangible data. Like we talked to one organization who says that their uh, school that they bring their music programs in uh, had uh, 29, 35% type uh, attendance rates. And remember these were you know, inner city, underserved, um, Title I type school situations. But when they brought music programs in that the charitable organization funded, supported, educated the school, those, those attendance rates doubled, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, th things like uh, groups that have the mentor-mentee type model in the education area where uh, test scores went up in 94, 95% of students that were in these music programs versus less than 50% for people that were not in, in, in the programs. We have, so if you look at some of the organizations that we've partnered with, that we provided grants and supports to, there are groups like Education Through Music, which brings these core education programs directly into underserved communities and into the schools. Um, it's groups like Guitars Over Guns that uh, has this mentor mentee model uh, that creates these after school programs and, and creates more of a life mentor on top of the music programs. And companies and, and charitable organizations like Hip Hop Public Health, which is incredible by the way, has, has created music educational music videos that have now been viewed over 300 million times. Wow. Uh, and these videos are, are with major A-list uh, hip hop and rap artists, because you know, that's the language today for the youth uh, and the type of communities that oftentimes we're serving. And it's everything from the fight against obesity and uh, helping stroke victims and washing your hands during the pandemic. And they create these videos and educational tutorials on how educators in schools can use these videos as a language to get through to the kids. So we, we, are, we are making a huge difference in these social causes, but we must see tangible data, real science. We must see metrics of success so that we know that our money is actually making a difference. Uh, the other thing we think about oftentimes um, is scalability. Uh, we're looking for charitable organizations that have already 
been doing this for three years, five years, 10 years that have shown that data and shown that they're sustainable and that if we sort of, as they say, you know, pour gasoline on the fire, if we go and provide them, if we shine a spotlight, if we give them the stage, if we take that tangible metrics of success and we bring them to donors, that they will understand just how much of a must have these programs are and will bring lots of money in. But those programs also need to have the ability to scale, to, to really grow. Because we're all about trying to do this nationwide. You know, some of the organizations I just mentioned are serving your own community. In, in 46 schools in LA with 19,000 kids served, uh, education through music. So th this isn't something that's just East Coast or West Coast or one city versus another. We're looking for growth and we're looking for, for scalability as well. So th those are some of the metrics and things that are important to us. It's really, I mean, it's just so fantastic that um, you've got uh, that kind of a vision of this, uh, this kind of thing. I, I know I, uh, I mean, you're kind of preaching to the choir here, both to me and to most of our listeners in terms of the, the value of music outside of what the actual playing of the music, that mm -hmm. it definitely permutes into other aspects of your life in a really positive way. I, I had an interesting experience with, uh, I was working with one of the um, philanthropic organizations in town here run by uh, Mitch Glickman. It's called the Symphonic Jazz Orchestra. Mm -hmm. And Mitch is bringing uh, music education into schools in one of the uh, towns here in Los Angeles. And a few years ago, I, I taught for a year um, the second grade classes. And it was, first of all, second graders are awesome. It was really, I mean, I don't have that much contact with uh, kids of that age anymore. And this was a thrilling experience to me. Um, but one of the, one of the things that, that we did in the class is, is we did a lot of singing and I'd bring a guitar and we'd bring other musicians in and play and try to educate them a little bit about music history and how music sounds and that kind of thing. But we'd, we'd sing like early in the day, the very first thing we do, we'd sing because they weren't instrumentalists yet, but they could all sing. And so I'd, uh, the very first thing to do, I'd pick up the guitar, play middle C on the guitar and say, okay, we're going to sing do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do, mm -hmm. and here's the first note. And so I'd play the note on the guitar and then I'd say, can you sing that note back to me? And of course they would. Well, about two months into the program, um, uh, I put the guitar down just like as a little experiment. And I said, who remembers what the first note sounds like? Who remembers what middle C sounds like? Mm -hmm. And it shocked me 90% of the time the kids remembered the note, the pitch, like exactly. So here you have like an example of you just expose kids to some kind of a, you know, intelligent approach to music. And this stuff is going in on a really deep level. Yes. Um, and I mean, what does that mean for other growth and your, your ability to do math and ability to be able to do other concepts? I, I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I, I have a feeling it really seeps into all parts of the brain. And uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, and this is really what our organization is all about. I mean, it's like we, we just said, there's, it's $200 million of money that goes into music nonprofits for social causes. That is so small compared to 
what goes into cancer research and goes into other areas. And it's not to say that those other health areas aren't massively important too, right? Um, but there hasn't been enough real, you know, with led by data, led by science, to really shine the spotlight here on how much of a difference it can make. We, I don't know if you know, but we are having, you know, we, we do our own, uh, you know, web series called The Power of Music, um, which we host on our Facebook Live, uh, you know, page. And our next episode, we're having a music therapist uh, on this. And usually when I tell people we have a music therapist, they go, well, I know what, I know what a therapist is, but what's a music therapist? Most people have no idea. But music therapy has become increasingly important in it to help areas like anxiety and depression and addiction. Um, it's even being used where if a newborn child is having a problem, you know, relaxing, like imagine you have a newborn child and the child is not of the proper weight, right? Because the child is so active and it's using up so much energy and it can't grow and they really need the child to grow. They'll bring in a music therapist who will come in and start playing, right? And slowly the baby's heartbeat will sink to the music and slow down um, the baby and calm the baby and then that baby will begin to grow. And I could go into application after application and so music therapy is growing rapidly all around the country um, and also charitable organizations that tie into health and wellness and, and um, things like music therapy as well. And so being in that we're in a pandemic, um, you know, with, you know, these anxiety and depression and things that are so, so much more acute, um, you know, I just wanted to bring that up as, as an area. And to your point about early childhood education, right? Yeah. Look how what you're saying is that how, how these minds, their habits yeah. can be shaped at such an early age, Yeah. right? Yeah. And, and in a lot of these underserved communities, um, they don't always have the parental attention, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they, the, the school systems are, are sometimes that, that place where they can get guidance, right? And to me, you have to fund the music programs. You have to fund things like what you did in, in with Middle C in, and or what Hip Hop Public Health is doing uh, towards you know, education through hip hop music, you've got to be able to reach kids at an early age. And music has been proven time and time again to be the most impactful method of stimulus, communication, attention grabbing, uh, things that can really make a difference in, in people's lives, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw that firsthand with my little bit of experience that I talked about, and I certainly remember it as a as a child growing up. Um, being, I mean, I was interested in music at a very early age, but I, I can I can trace back some of my um, just my mental development in all areas to paying attention to sound and vibration and yeah. tension and release and what it does and just i mean I, I didn't know those terms or that kind of thing but was certainly paying attention to it you know at an, at an early age absolutely but, 
So talk, talk a little bit about, um, we, uh, when, we, when we did a, a little preparation call the other day, uh, you talked about um, the uh, knowledge that you gathered as a professional investor and the, uh, the things that you brought to bear that made you, uh, that made you successful in that way. Uh, you've brought a lot of those same uh, elements to uh, both developing this foundation and in um, trying to vet who to give the money to. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how those things are similar? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, let's talk about a couple of things increasingly important today. I mean, diversity, right? Um, you know, if you look at the charitable organizations that we're supporting and ultimately down the chain to the very lives that they're impacting, um, it's underserved communities, it's often uh, people of color, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a diverse set of, of individuals with a diverse geographies, locations, backgrounds, et cetera. And we wanted to have in our organization that level of diversity matched in our leadership and our board and our advisory board and within our volunteers, right? I think more and more you're seeing this in corporate America um, where if you're going to sell a product, if you're going to, you know, go and, and, and have a customer base and you're, you're a for-profit business, you sort of need to bring in a broad set of views and have an organization with a diversity that often at least matches the type of people who are your, your customers or you're your impacting, right? So we, we, we've, we've strived to do that. I think we can do even better than we've done. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is that, you know, we, we really have to put an emphasis on ethics, integrity, uh, accountability. So, you know, when we are, when we are evaluating charitable organizations and we're also building our own organization, we need things that are ultra transparent, right? You know, when you have a corporation that's entrusting us with hundreds of thousands of dollars and maybe a million dollars, and, you know, they want that money to get into organizations and have the greatest impact, everything starts with being trusted. Everything starts with making sure that we're able to deliver back to the donor, the investor, a level of reporting, accountability, metrics that shows that the money that they've given is going as far as it possibly could, right? So we're very big internally when we talk about our committees and our communication about um, prioritizing time and our leadership and our uh, accountability. And then also really requiring that level of, of monitoring and transparency back to the charities, right? So we'll talk to them regularly as part of our partnership. We'll require reporting. The you know, application process for grants was fairly extensive. We, we now have the largest database of information on music nonprofits in the country. Wow. And we think there's a lot of ways actually ultimately to use that data to um, 
provide feedback back to the charitable organizations about ways that they can improve their organizations and, and, and overall improve the overall music for social causes, that category that we're striving to grow. So um, everything with integrity and accountability is really important. And I'd say the other thing that is particularly important is, um, is having, go, going back again to data, um, is having a pretty big feedback loop uh, and a quick and accountable feedback loop. So what do I mean? If, I mean, if you look at like what made Amazon so successful, it was the ratings and the feedback loop and the reviews, right? As, as new businesses in almost every industry adapt and adopt uh, with technology and all of a sudden the businesses that used to not have a lot of customer in interactions start to have a lot more customer interactions, that technology and that feedback loop becomes critically important in business models. And so for us, uh, when we look at these charities and we look at the data and we're providing advice to them and we're thinking about how we're going to build our own organization, we want to do things as efficiently as possible. We want to adopt technologies that uh, create that feedback loop. So our social media campaigns on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, um, through our website, um, weareallmusic.org. Uh, it's all designed to really put ourselves out there, demonstrate the impact, but also to get the feedback loop, to be able to make changes, to see where the market is heading, to see where and what topics the world and our donors are really deeming the most important and, and address those on a timely manner, right? These are things you would want any business to do that you were investing in. And, you know, when we first started to talk, you know, cause I, look, I, I put a billion dollars to work in the private equity markets, you know, early in my career, I, I, I ran a billion dollars in public investments and I've looked at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of companies. And what I tell people who want to give money is make sure if you're going to give the money, <laughs> that the money is going to have an impact, right? I mean, some of the people that we're talking about in your network and my network, money is not unlimited, right? It's, you need to support your family. You need to be able to save for retirement. You need to be prudent, but you know, how good it feels to give back to society if you haven't done it is incredible. And I really do believe that you want to have some portion of your wealth or your income that you're giving money to something that you believe in, right? So first of all, make sure you believe in it. Most times what ends up happening is people get a call from a friend or an email from a friend. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm involved with this. And uh, we're hosting a gala or a dinner or something. And, you know, can you write me a check for 200 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> right. Been and, there. And, it's, yep. <laughs> and it's not to say that you shouldn't support a friend and you shouldn't, you know, do those things. But, you know, not every 
charitable organization uses the money wisely. Sometimes their cost structures are out of whack. Sometimes their leadership is changing over. Sometimes they go out of business. There have been a lot of stories um, about misappropriations uh, in, in the charitable world. Uh, these are all reasons we believe that for music in particular, that we needed to have the We Are All Music Foundation as the central voice. So I would encourage people to uh, do their research into the organizations that they're supporting uh, the same way that they would do their research ultimately into investments that they were making. Um, or to make sure that you're partnered with you know, a foundation who you think has their own evaluation process or really understands how to cut through it all and have an impact. Because if you're gonna give the money, make an impact. Make the best impact that you can you could possibly do with it, would be my advice. That's good advice. Can, can, you, can you give us an example without uh, divulging you know, specific names or that kind of thing? Could you pick uh, an, uh, one organization that you have supported and give us a little bit of idea on what type of work they do and how it was that you came to find that they were uh, the right person to give the money to? Yeah, sure. Look, I don't want to single out one because then I'm going to be asked by all of the groups to support, <laughs> why did you pick that one? Um, but I can tell you that we just made uh, eight uh, grants to charitable organizations out of the 287 applications that we got. Wow. We About half of our effort was quantita quantitatively evaluating. So again, we use all the information from the applications and the database that we created to quantitatively um, rank and, and look at things on the metrics that we had created. And then half the process is qualitatively really extensive research and interviews with the organizations to understand their programs, their effectiveness, look at the data, and uh, understand how we could scale it. And we did that on probably 30, the top 30 uh, in the database, and then got really deep with maybe 15 or so, ultimately made eight grants. Our top three, uh, which we call our power of music grants, were given to uh, hip hop public health, which as I mentioned before, creates the educational videos using hip hop style music uh, to really reach kids in underserved communities uh, and, and through this, this language of hip hop and through their educational videos. Uh, and they focused again on various health uh, causes from nutrition to the pandemic, you know, washing hands to um, other, other areas like stroke victims and things like this, recognizing strokes. Uh, another group, Education Through Music, uh, that I mentioned uh, is about bringing into schools that have no music programs, a full-time core curriculum music teacher, and then watching what it does to uh, attendance, test scores, uh, and uh, culture and things that are impacting directly the students. Uh, and then 
Guitars Over Guns uh, was one where they created this mentor-mentee model after-school type programs where real gigging musicians were working directly with students on music projects, but on a continual basis and really not just mentoring them on music, but being there um, to uh, help them through all the things that are, they're going through in their life. And you know, the one thing that connects all of these together, beyond obviously the leadership, the data, the science, all the things that we looked for, hmm. what they did, every one of these programs comes back to instilling confidence ah. in, in these kids, right? Wow. Because, a you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I heard this on another podcast, so that, that I don't want to take credit for it for this statement, but it was so good. I heard that um, when kids at a really, really young age, that like three, four, that they make a mess, right? Like they, they color with crayons and clay and you, you've seen it in, in, in your house, it's a mess, <laughs> right? And, but very quickly they're told like, they're, they're told, clean it up, clean it up. Don't, don't be messy, right? And then they say, ooh, I'm, I'm getting yelled at. Uh, I shouldn't take a risk. I shouldn't take a risk, right? I shouldn't be creative. I shouldn't, I shouldn't take a risk. And then they don't take a risk and they don't take a risk. And then they don't have the confidence to take the risks. And sometimes it's about putting yourself out there. Um, and so a lot of what these programs really instill is life confidence. With, with the music programs, yes, it's amazing with anxiety and depression, addiction and with attendance in early childhood education and in communicating that you should be, you know, actually washing your hands in a pandemic for, for 20 seconds. But it's really about ultimately that, that trigger in the brain where they say, ah, I can translate what I'm learning into music into how I deal in, with, with social groups how I deal with my parents, how I deal with communication, how I deal with problems when they come out. Yeah. Uh, and allow me at times to say, I am gonna go do that. I, I can take that risk. I, can, I, I have the confidence now, right? And so that, 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 if you think about it, is critically important. And so I'm, I'm really thankful that I had a team because I couldn't you know, have done this alone. In fact, we have our, our, our founding members of our board of trustees and uh, our advisory board and our volunteers. We're 22 people strong now in this foundation. So this has been a, a monumental effort over the past 18 months to uh, do something where we can take uh, music for social causes that's been underappreciated and over the next decade or longer, we can we can double that. We can we can make a huge impact in social causes and lives, uh, starting with these first eight grants that we've made, which we think are our best in class, and we hope to partner over the long term and scale them. We're not we're not sort of just giving money to one group one year and you know, switching it all up the next year. These are long term partnerships that we're building, and um, just thankful to be here. You know. I appreciate, uh, appreciate, you know, having, having me on and, um, 
frankly shining a spotlight on us. Well, it's uh, um, it's it's our pleasure to um, uh, bring the you know the level of in intelligence and thought and care that uh, your organization embodies. And you know, whenever I recommend uh, something to either my clients or my network or that kind of thing, you know, th this is what we're looking to bring to people is if you are. Um, looking for places to direct your philanthropy, um, here, here's a spot that is, you know, your dollars are going to be uh, well used and well thought out. And as you've articulated, that's not necessarily always the case, uh, even with, you know, upstanding organizations, it doesn't necessarily go there. So we really appreciate your focus here, David. And um, uh, uh, can you give the viewers a little bit of, uh, of information about if they if they want to contact you or if they want to find yeah. out more about the organization, either from a, a grant application or if they're interested in donating? Uh, yeah. How would they get a hold of you? Sure, sure, sure. So first of all, our 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 managing director Mary Crawford uh, is is fantastic. Has been with us from the beginning and. Um, you know, uh, the information on our whole organization is on the web uh, at weareallmusic.org. Uh, so there's a lot of information. You can donate directly through the website uh, and through uh, lots of other means. Uh, we've got information on that website where if you want to learn more, you can email us. You can reach out directly to Mary Crawford uh, as well to learn more about the organization. If you are a charitable organization and you or look to partner with us or seek grants, you can also learn information on the website about the things we're looking for and how to apply. Um, and of course, you know, about once a month, we do our Power of Music series, uh, web series. We focus on the power of music across education, health and wellness, underserved communities. So that's a great way to learn more. It's uh, Facebook Live right now. And also the replays are on YouTube. Um, and uh, we'd encourage people to learn more. You know, you know what my motto is, do the research, you know? Yeah. Sure, sure, we'd love to just get a check, right? Uh, I know that your money is gonna go directly to these charities, best in class, and it's gonna make an impact. But learn more about us. Don't, don't just write a check. Um, learn more about what we're doing and how we're organized. And um, that's how you should invest even if it's in philanthropy giving. Well, we appreciate it. And that certainly lines up with, you know, all of my investment philosophy and what I do for my clients is, you know, we, we, are, we are very, very well educated about what we're doing and you ask all the tough questions and that, that's how you end up coming out on top. And uh, David, it's just, it's really a pleasure to have you here and to learn about your organization. And I certainly learned a lot today. Um, about how you operate and, and what there is to do. And uh, we'd like to just really thank you for taking the time to do this. And we wanna thank all the uh, listeners today for um, uh, participating in this episode of Let's Talk with David Zussman. And uh, we will put all the uh, information about uh, your website and contact at the, end of this, uh, at the end of this program. So thanks again, everybody for watching. And David, thanks again for, for being here. And I look forward to the next time, David. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's make a change with the music. Yes, thanks again. you bet. Thanks, David. Take care. Take care. 
Well, that's it for today's broadcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you'll come back for more. We've got some really great guests lined up, and we'll be sure to let you know when the episodes are available. Thanks again for watching.